You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 37, covering the Lights of Zatar and Requiem for Methuselah. I know we said this last week, but really, can we, can we just skip? Can we just not? Can we call in sick? We're really getting into the dregs of Star Trek now, and it's getting... <laughs> it's fun to joke that we're bored, but it's also not fun to be This job bored. is getting rough. Yeah, and it's not like you pay us. No. Is the thing. Maybe you should start. Well, that would be nice. Think about that for a while. But, you know, we are doing a service in that we're telling you to stay away from the latter half of season three. Ugh. Yeah. Let me let me just get, let's just get it over with. Let's just tear this yeah. bandaid off, won't we? My episode was called "The Lights of Zatar," which, admittedly, is a good Star Trek title. Um, so the Enterprise is headed to www.memory-alpha.org, the repository of all knowledge in the Star Trek universe. Along for the ride is Mira Romaine, a specialist whose only job seems to be making goo-goo eyes at Scotty. Thankfully, she's quite good at this job. Seriously, she deserves a goddamn medal for making goo-goo eyes at Scotty. If Matt were writing this summary, he'd be making lettuce puns about Miro Romaine, but Matt's not writing this summary. I am. <laughs> Try to trade with him, because I would endure his stupid lettuce puns for the chance to write up a marginally better episode, but he wouldn't go for it. Seriously, I could summarize the entire episode in a sentence, which I will do now. www.memory-alpha.org is destroyed by some glowy lights, which possess Miro Romaine, threaten further destruction, then vacate her body. That, my friends, is the lights of Zatar. Except that it happens over the course of 50 agonizing minutes. Because the overwhelming philosophy of Season 3 seems to be, what, you have something better to do with your time? Seriously, as a lifelong Star Trek fan, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm starting to understand why NBC cancelled your boring ass. I would love to stop rambling here and bring my focus back to the plot summary, but seriously, there isn't anything to summarize. There are no things to relay. So instead, here's an interesting fact. Ronald D. Moore, one of the best writers Star Trek ever saw, he brought us some great episodes of Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, and an outspoken fan of the original series in general, calls this his least favorite episode. Oh, and did I mention it was written by Sherry Lewis? Yes, the lady with the lamb puppet. She and her husband wrote it together. She apparently wanted to play Mira Romaine, but someone had some tiny remaining sliver of sense and put the kibosh on that. I learned these things by checking the only good thing that came from this episode, the comprehensive Star Trek wiki at www.memory-alpha.org. Stirring words. Not an really. angry, angry man. <sighs> Just nothing happened. Again. Nothing happened in this fucking episode at all. How can you do a show about a starship full of people going to new planets and have nothing happen? That just baffles me. How can you just <sighs> show up, dick around for 50 minutes and go home? Fuck. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was exactly what I said. And, you know, you might think I'm playing it up for comedic effect that more stuff happened that I'm leaving out. But, but Matt, tell me, did I, did I leave any major plot points no. out? If you had, if like you had there, missed, if there was anything else to talk about, you would have latched onto it just for something to say. There was nothing. Yes. No, you, you got to see Mira uh, possessed. You got to see a horrible light effect around her face. Got to oh. zoom into her eye like eight billion times. Uh, yeah, in fact, my notes... My notes are, I got nothing, so boring. And then I made another note, they zoomed in on Mira's eye a lot. That's a thing, I guess. <laughs> Usually I have 10 or 12 talking points. 
yeah. for us to, to kind of move around as we as we discuss an episode. But I, there's nothing. There is nothing. Ugh, the just, lamb chop lady wrote this. That was the most yeah. interesting thing about it. Which I guess explains all the puppets that... Yeah, no, you know what? I can't even make a joke because nothing fucking happened. <laughs> for a joke to happen, you need to make fun of something. Like Yes. This is like, this is like doing mystery science theater over a test pattern. Like, there's, mm-hmm. no, there's no material. After you uh, hit the here comes this guy again, it's really time to pack it up and go home. Yep, pretty much. And, you know, I, I guess it was okay that Scotty had a love interest. That's yeah, a, I mean, it's, it, it was it was nice giving giving him something to do. And in fact, I was reading that uh, one of the things um, Sherry Lewis wanted to she was a fan of the show, mm-hmm. and she wanted to write an episode. That, that That's kind of cool. Like, it wasn't a good episode, but at least it's cool. Someone who was already in showbiz said, hey, I like this show, let me write one. And they said, sure, go ahead. Like that, that in itself is neat. And she said, you know what, Kirk gets the girl all the time, let, let's let Scotty get some. That was neat. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> and let that per- that girl he gets be me, yeah. Sherry Lewis. And that's where they person. drew the line. Uh-huh. Uh, just, I mean, the idea of a repository of, of Federation knowledge is cool, and they, they mm-hmm. co-opted that for the Star Trek wiki, which we consult all the time. Yep. Our primary mode of research. Yeah. Because, I mean, why, you know, because this is this is the, the second decade of the 21st century. We've gotten beyond just, like, a web page focusing on one tiny thing. Like now we've, mm. we've, we've put all our knowledge in, in one basket and now, you know, one wiki can pretty much do it all. And, and you know, it's covered. We're good. Mm-hmm. But, but really, we, do we need to sit through 50 minutes just for them to get a cool name? Yeah. It seems like, that seems like a lot of effort. Ugh. It really does. I got, I mean, I really got nothing. I, I would love to do what this show did and pad, you know, Five minutes out to fifteen, but there's nothing to say. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, Matt, do you have do you have points? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just lead you. If you if you got something, please. I, I wish me. I did have something. There's nothing here. Anything? Oh, nothing. Very well. Uh, then let's move on to yours. Yeah, please. Not that it's much better. Well. All right. So Requiem for Methuselah. The Enterprise has contracted a deadly case of Rigelian fever. Its origin's completely unknown. I'm looking at you, Captain. Hey, Bones, how much can it, do you bet I can nail this Rigelian chick without using a condom? <laughs> the crew is desperate for the cure, which I swear to God is Ritalin. Yep. So Kirk, Spock, and Bones beam down to a planet rich in the stuff, encountering our man Flint and his robot buddy. Flint owns the planet, and he wants Kirk off his proper ta. Kirk responds by saying, well, that's too bad. Perhaps you'd like a closer examination of my giant spaceship's planet-destroying phaser banks. This cunning argument forces Flint to relent, and he sends his robot buddy off Ritland mining while he and Kirk, well, he takes Kirk and company back to his stately pad for some, for some chill max and relaxing. Uh, meanwhile, on the Enterprise, good men are dying. Back on the planet, good times. Flint introduces Kirk and friends to his hot daughter... Ward, uh, who knows, Reyna, whom Kirk instantly falls in love with because of course he fucking does. Flint shows our heroes around his collection of sweet earth crap. Apparently Flint left Earth years ago after amassing a fortune in antiques. There There are works by Leonardo da Vinci, sheet music penned by Brahms, and a Gutenberg Bible, which my years of experience at a used bookstore has taught me is worth quite a few bucks, and even more in store credit. Flint's robot buddy returns with the Ritalin, and uh, Bones reveals that it's no damn good. So they send the robot off to get more. Again. While this is going on, Spock tinkles the ivories on Flint's piano, and Kirk makes his move on Reyna. Meanwhile, the death toll on the Enterprise has reached triple digits. 
Spock suspects that there's something up with Flint. Many of his works of art have been created extremely recently. Uh, Kirk and Spock go exploring, Scooby-Doo style, and they find a room chock full of Reynas. Uh, Turns out she's a robot. Flint comes in and reveals that he's an immortal who has been many of history's greatest men, like Leonardo and and Brahms, and also fictional characters like Merlin and Jesus. He reveals that that he split from Earth to buy a sweet planet and build a hot android that he could bang all day long. Kirk argues that it is he who wants to bang the android. They argue for a while. Raina gets upset and Love makes her head explode or some damn thing. Sad and embarrassed, the landing party return to the Enterprise to save what's left of the crew, and Kirk goes off to his quarters to mope. And then Spock shows up and makes him forget it all ever happened. Oh, right. Yeah, that happened. Um, I, I don't think he actually claimed to be Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... To clarify that point. Like, oh, that's too bad. That I understand. Awesome. I understand that maybe you're going for a laugh or something, but uh, but no, he he did claim to be several fictional characters. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Jesus was that. He did he did oh. mention people from the Bible though. I think he mentioned uh, like actually Methuselah. Um, and I thought maybe Solomon. Oh, Lazarus. He meant Lazarus. Lazarus. That's yeah, which 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 is an outright lie because we've already met Lazarus. Yeah, and Jesus, you know, brought him back from the dead, so that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I actually like the concept. Like, it's mm-hmm. something we've seen a lot where the one guy was every guy and, you know, whatever. Yep. But, like, uh, I said a couple of times, this guy's just Vandal Savage, isn't he? But Yeah, basically. On the other hand, maybe this guy came first. One of those situations where it's hard to call them out for being a cliche when maybe they invented it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there wasn't enough meat here. Like, it's a good start. It's a good idea. Yeah. But they didn't go anywhere with it. I, again, a lot of filler. And a lot of... What we've seen a hundred times before. Yep. Kirk falls in love with an android. And of course he falls in love. He's not just lusting. Mm. He actually falls. No, no. This is a huge, like, he's never met anyone he's been more in love with ever. Yeah. Hearts in his eyes and fucking, Mm. you know. I suppose it could be better than dots in his eyes, though. This is, I suppose. Which we zoom in super close in. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, They did, in fact, uh, they were mining for, well, they called it Ritalin. But it was, you know, it's Ritalin. Yep. Very clearly. Because the Enterprise crew can't stop fiddling. Right. So I guess, I don't know, maybe maybe Regillian fever is really uh, viral ADD? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, could you imagine? Ugh. Well, listen, I've been struggling with this stuff most of my life, and uh, well, I don't the last thing you need is everyone else in the room coming down with it. Yeah, that, that would not be cool at all. And then we'd have to go Every- mining Ritalin. Yep, Ritalin. Or possibly Adderall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I did like the actual, the, the forget thing at the end where Spock... Yeah, that, like, uh, there's a nice call, uh, there's a nice callback to that in, uh, Wrath of Khan. Yep, where, uh, I mean, Kirk, uh, Kirk's obviously in a lot of pain and Spock just kind of, kind of sneaks in and, uh, it, it is a little, uh, it is a little invasive because Kirk's fallen asleep. Yeah. Spock just kind of, uh, unvol- like, he didn't volunteer for it, just starts melding no. with him, that's a little weird. But yeah. He's like, forget, which is cool, and then, yeah, like you say, and... and Wrath of Khan, you know, remember. That was, that was pretty yeah. cool. I like that uh, that that uh, Kirk just sort of passes out in his room, and Spock so and Bones decide... falls over, yeah. Yep, and Spock and Bones decide to just have a meeting in there, which <laughs> right Spock... Or which Bones spends uh, uh, making fun of Spock. Yeah, it, it's, it really... Well, yeah. Of course, something emotional happens. Bones says, you don't feel this, do you? <laughs> this wouldn't bother you at all. It's a shame you don't have any emotions. They're pretty cool. You might understand oh, well. what's going on here. <laughs> Step back a minute, Spock. You might learn something. <laughs> you <laughs> it dick. Did, it did sort of feel like, you know, little Jimmy fell asleep. 
And mommy and daddy are not talking about what to do next. Yeah. No, little Jimmy. There, there's a bit where uh, where Flint is um, uh, he's he's shrunk the Enterprise down. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before in Cat's Paw, but at least he's not holding it over a candle this time. Yeah, I don't understand why uh, why Roddenberry thought that he could sell uh, it uh, Itix, but it never occurred to him to sell awesome miniature shrunken Enterprises. Well, presumably there were models of the Enterprise available. I don't know. But, Those uh, I would have bought the shit out of. I think I think that's another uh, cutting corners in the budget thing because hey, they already have little enterprises around, obviously. Mm-hmm. Places lousy with little enterprises. Yep, uh, but this is a stupid thing where Kirk picks it up and looks in, and then you see his giant face on the view screen, like a yeah, really that was just weird. Yeah, and not weird in a funny way, just weird in a no. They'd, I remember they did that same trick on Voyager at one point. It was one of the Q episodes where this is just as stupid, if not stupider. Where Q mm. uh, disguises the uh, Starship Voyager as as a uh, Christmas tree ornament, uh-huh. shrinks the ship down, puts it on a Christmas tree. This is this is exactly what happened in the episode. Uh. And uh, yeah, and then someone looks in and so forth. Speaking of Voyager, they did an episode apparently where where Janeway met Da Vinci. Yeah, which kind of contradicts this, I would say, but who cares? Because it's Voyager. Well, I don't. Uh... Wasn't one of the things with Voyager that she, like, would go and hang out with Da Vinci on the holodeck? Oh, was he holodeck Da Vinci? I, I I think so. I think she had a crush on him or something. Of course she did. Because, you know, it's yeah. not like Voyager would ever do anything original. No. No. Not at all. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, again, not a terrible idea, but lots of elements of things we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Lots of, you know, like, oh, God, another guy from Earth's past, really? Oh, look, another another android woman who, you know... <laughs> who Spock ac- or who Kirk accidentally explodes because that's what he does around computers. Well, yeah, he's he should not be. Yeah, like he really thought that relationship would go somewhere, huh? But your your description of of uh, Kirk says he's the one that should be banging the uh, the <laughs> android all day. That, that's exactly how it happens. Mm-hmm. Like I built her for me, but she's mine now. Like the, <laughs> that, that's the that's the heart. She of does. Me. She's she. You've created a woman with free will who can choose. More importantly, she chose me. Yes. You know she she's attractive, but uh, uh, really seriously, again, again with this. There, there's this part where uh, where where uh, Kirk and or Kirk and the guy are fighting, and Spock's like stop. <laughs> Spock's trying to stop them, and he's like, "Can't you see we're fighting over a woman?" <laughs> it's like really. Wow. Just That's flat out saying it. We're fighting over a woman. After I defeat him, she'll fall in love with me. <laughs> I also, That's how women work. Also, Flint has lived, what did they say, 6,000 years um, as all these different people. Some of them warriors. He mentioned Alexander, mm-hmm. I remember. Yep. <laughs> and he fights like a girl. Yeah. Maybe that's what Kirk was really saying. You're fighting like a woman. <laughs> and he just misspoke. But yeah, seriously, this was, a, like I said, a marginally better episode than, than the one I drew, but they're both not, just nothing going on. No. Again, the ideas aren't even bad. It's not like they, they're on a flawed premise or anything like that. It's not like Spock's brain or it's just, the idea's just stupid. There's there's good ideas here, but they're just not even yeah. trying anymore. No, it's just, uh, whatever. Fucking run around for a while. That should be good. for. That should fill some time. Listen, we've been watching this British show called Doctor Who where they run mm-hmm. from this cave to this cave and they fill like... <laughs> Three hours that way? Why don't why yeah. don't we do some of that? Yeah, we got caves. Yeah. We'll just uh, run around them. It's awesome. Yep. 
not not so much. It was it was kind of cool. Like as you say, they had an emergency to tend to, and they really should have done a better job of that. But that aside, seeing Spock's delight, or you know, sort of Nimoy playing the reserve delight yeah. of um, uh, playing the piano, like playing these Brahms things, and then you know, admiring the art and all that, that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I was reading, apparently Brahms is one of those composers who wrote very mathematically, like, something that, you know, like, the, the link between classical music and math, where it's very structured, and that was supposed to be why Spock particularly likes Brahms. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of a neat little character thing. Yeah, but it, uh, that, that got cut out of the script, because mm. of course it did, because that's interesting. Mm -hmm. No, we need more, uh, we need, we need the little robot buddy to go looking for, uh, more Ritalin. I did like the little robot buddy. I did, it was, it was a similar, uh, you know, practical effect as, um, uh, Nomad. Yeah. In, uh, The Changeling. But, uh, I still, I still liked it. I like, I like robots. There need to be more robots in Star Trek. I'm surprised. Yeah, there's really not a lot for a science fiction show. I mean, there's a lot of androids. There's a lot of just human actors playing robotic people, mm -hmm. but that's not what I mean. I mean. No. Clearly mechanical devices that float around and do our bidding. Yes. There need to be more Tom Servos around. There need to be more Scudders around. There, you know. That was actually uh, that was actually how how the little robot moved. Like, he reminded me a lot of uh, Tom in the MST3K movie, the way he sort of floats around. Right. With his hover skirt. Yep. Exactly. Which is why I kept calling him Tom Servo, despite the fact that he didn't look like him at all. No, he had a, he had a you know, a sort of a squat body and a, and a bulbous head, but other than that, I didn't really see him. Who are you calling bulbous? <laughs> so yeah, we really, there's just not much here. I like the robots. I like, mm. you know, I like Spock having fun at the piano. That, yeah, that was, that was fun. That was about it. Uh, any, anything else? Again, don't want to sell this short just because I'm, I'm steering things here. If you've got something to say. I wish. I wish I had something to say. I, I want to be clear that it's not one of us that's bored. We're both pretty much on the same page here. Yep. When, when just, we watch these episodes together and we're running out of things to comment on the screen, and we're just yep. like, so how you been? <laughs> hey, you're going to see X-Men this weekend? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where that's what it gets to. Mm -hmm. We're watching Star Trek. We're watching the greatest science fiction TV series ever created, and we're bored. That should not mm -hmm. be possible. No. That should just not even happen. Ugh. Thankfully, this show's over soon. We can move on. Yep. We got two more weeks of this. We got two more weeks. <laughs> and next week, <laughs> one of our episodes is The Way to Eden, which is the oh! famous Space Hippies episode. At least that'll be bad. Yeah, that that's definitely a plus. That'll be fun to make fun of, and I don't know what the other one is. but uh, <laughs> Like, I know the title, but I don't really know anything about the episode. But, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, then then one more week. So we, we're, we're, you know, we're almost there, man. We can do this. <laughs> We could, almost there. Yep. Okay. All right. So, I the tiger. <laughs> For the lights of Zatar, in the future, in the future, in the future, humans will collect vast amounts of knowledge from across the galaxy and store it on a small asteroid. They would not feel the need to lock any doors or windows in this facility, much less provide any actual security. Because hey, what could go wrong? Yep. I love that they're like they're talking about how it just yeah no it's uh, memory alpha is open to everyone. It doesn't have any shields. I'm like really. That seems a poor decision. Yeah, any, any remote outpost, mm -hmm. you know, in, in Federation space or near Federation space, just you know, maybe maybe throw a shield up. Maybe have a small starship orbiting just to, to yeah, check just just out. in case, you know. Like, yeah. look, you can let anyone in that you want. We sure. got no problem with that. Knowledge That's cool, is, you know. And, and I love the idea, the Roddenberry ideal that knowledge is available to everyone. That's a cool yeah. idea. But, but yeah, fucking maybe put a shield up. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. Maybe yeah. at least to protect them from radiation, if nothing else. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Asteroids something. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> For yours? Uh, in the future. In the future. It will be revealed that all of mankind's greatest efforts, its stirring works of art, its beautiful symphonies, were all created by one old man with a robot fetish. Yeah, I think I know that guy. <laughs> all right. Uh, my quote, um, there, there wasn't one. That nobody said anything fairly any notable. There was a creepy noise when Mira first got uh, possessed, where she opens her mouth and this weird noise comes out, which I actually thought was kind of creepy. So that'll be my quote. What's that you're saying? But that, that's pretty much it. Nobody said anything worth no. worth hearing. But there surely, is. surely in yours, there was something, right? Uh, here's the thing. I watched the entire episode over again mm-hmm. to see if I could find a quote for this episode. We've been having to do that lately. Like, that when we watch was... them together, we end up having to watch them again. Because Did I miss something? Nope, I didn't. No. I, I just in an effort to find something that was interesting, remarkable, mm-hmm. touching, funny, mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything at all. So, instead of a quote, I present to you a rendition of Turkey in the Straw, as, plays, as played by Mickey Mouse on a cow's teeth in the classic animated short, Steamboat Willie. Please enjoy. Technically speaking, that's that's not. <laughs> you know what? I didn't write it in the future last week, so fine. Yeah, that fine. That, that that that'll be my argument. Very well. Uh, we're almost there. We we are almost there. Um, j- just so you guys know, uh, when when season three ends, we will do our usual uh, video wrap up. So look yep. forward to that. Uh, then we will be moving on to the animated series. Uh, we're going to be flying through that pretty quickly, though, because yep. um, those episodes are only half an hour long each. So. Whereas now we're doing two hours of material in two episodes, two hours of material for the animated series will be four episodes. So we're going to yep. fly through that pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, uh, then, uh, and I know that I'm talking way ahead here, none of you are going to remember this. I'm just saying this because I like to use the end of the show for what we're doing next. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to be out gone for a couple of weeks because I'm going on vacation and I don't want to have to worry about watching Star Trek on vacation. So Right. But then when we come back, we're going to do the movies. So that'll be a yep. lot of fun. So look forward to all that and... A lot of good stuff coming up, and if nothing else, a few weeks where we don't have to watch anything. So Yeah, which at this point really seems like a relief, which is something I never thought I'd say about Star Trek. Not till we got the Voyager, anyway. Yeah, Jesus. All right, friends, uh, bear with us. It'll, it'll <laughs> the promised land is coming, I promise. That's why it's <sighs> the promised land. All right, that is all, and we are done. See you, folks. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2011. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.